everybody, it's Luke McElroy back again for another Physiology Secret. So I wanted to talk today about the Gold Coast Marathon. So it is Tuesday today, so obviously the marathon was just uh, a couple of days ago up in Gold Coast. And firstly, wanted to congratulate the guys uh, from Mets who went up to compete. We had Jaya do a 257, which got him well and truly under his Boston qualifying time. And Pete did a, a three. 26, which again qualified him for Boston in the 50 to 54 age group. So awesome results. And then Jody did a uh, PB in the half marathon, um, and she's refocusing on Chicago. So we've got about 13 weeks until that. So good result from the guys. Um, the feedback I've had from the event is that it was very, very humid up there. So I just wanted to jump on quickly today and talk about how humidity affects performance. So. I've been told that it was about 95% humidity, which is very, very high, obviously. Um, and humidity is a—it's probably the worst, the worst thing that you want to run into in an endurance event. I would rather run on a 40-degree day with you know 0% humidity than maybe a, a 28 to 30-degree day with with 90% humidity. The humidity is what really fatigues us, um, and is often why we see those people fall over at the end of a race because they become so chronically dehydrated that they, they can't continue. So before I go into humidity, let's talk about how the body creates heat and also how it is going to try to cool itself down. So we can get heat from obviously the environment, we're looking at the sun, so that the, the um, there's a few there's a few types of heat load. We have, there's, there's evaporative, there's um, um, radiation, there is convective and conduction just testing the memory they're the four ones so convection conduction that's to do with like transferring heat from one body to the next so that would an example of that would be um, dogs do it a lot of the time so dogs obviously they can't they can't sweat they pant uh, but what they'll do is on a hot day they will lie down on the cool tiles because the tiles being cold their body being warm it transfers the, the cold or the heat out of the out of the body into the tiles. Another example is if I'll, I'll use um, I'll use the missus as an example. She if she has cold feet at night time. She will 100% put her feet on my warm legs and warm her feet up. So that's convec convection and conduction. Um, the radiation is to do with the sun. So that's just the sun the sun rays bouncing off the ground and coming back up and and warming us up. And then evaporation. That's evaporative cooling and heating. That's the that's the big one. So we actually lose between 70 to 90% of our heat load through evaporative cooling. And the way we, as a humans, we evaporative, evaporatively cool is through sweating. All right, so sweating is super, super important. We lose, as I said, 70 to 90% of our heat load through sweating. Now what happens when it's a humid day, uh, that interferes with our body's ability to effectively sweat. So what happens is um, because when it's a humid environment, the definition of it is, is having moisture in the air. So we don't want to have extra moisture in the air. We actually want dry. We want the, the, the environment to be as dry as possible in the, uh, in the context of sweating. So the whole idea of sweating is that our core body temperature increases, um, so we get quite warm, and we will start to sweat. When we sweat, the heat will transfer from our body into those sweat droplets, and then that's the, the, the droplet of sweat will um, increase in heat and it'll increase to a, to a point where it's going to turn from a liquid to a gas um, and that gas is going to release heat into the environment. So we need to sweat, we need to fill the, that sweat up with heat and then that heat need, that, sorry, that sweat needs to evaporate 
to release heat into the environment. And when it's a humid day, that interferes with that process because there's already fluid in the air. Um, the way I like to think of it is, it's sort of like trying to dry yourself with a damp towel. Um, it's not effective. You still can do it, but it's not as effective as using a dry towel. It's the same thing. We don't want moisture in the air. We don't want a humid environment. We want to sweat naturally, and then we want the airflow, um, the dry airflow, and the cool airflow just to uh, wick away the sweat and evaporate it into the environment. Um, so what's going to happen in a humid environment, there's two reasons why we're going to fatigue. One is because we're going to become dehydrated. The reason we become dehydrated, you know it yourself, on a humid day, you just continually sweat. Because you're not effectively sweating, and therefore you're not effectively cooling your body, you just continue to sweat more and more and more, and we have to lose that fluid from somewhere, and we actually lose it from the blood plasma. So we lose some, so the blood plasma is, is the fluid in the blood, it's about 55, the blood's 55% plasma and fluid, 45% red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets. So if we lose, so we've got over half the blood is fluid. If we start to lose that fluid, our blood's going to become thicker and we're going to lose total blood volume. If we have less blood in the body, then we're going to have less blood leaving the heart per heartbeat because we can't get as much back to the heart because there's, there's less overall blood. So if we have less blood leaving the heart per heartbeat, our heart rate is naturally going to increase significantly to try to maintain the same blood flow per minute, which is called cardiac output. So what, what people noticed, that the common complaint with Gold Coast was that their heart rates are very high and they, and they started to cramp as well. So heart rate was high for two reasons. One is because we become dehydrated. When you become dehydrated, as I said, we have to beat more often to get the same amount of blood around. So you, you know, naturally you'll see probably seven to 10 beats higher, um, even at the same pace. And the other reason is because we can't effectively sweat, we, therefore we can't effectively cool the body because we lose 70 to 90% through sweating, um, what happens is our, our body is going to continually send blood away from the non-essential organs and also a little bit of the working muscles and send it to the skin. Again, we want to survive more than we do want to perform, so the body's going to try to cool itself down. So it continues to send blood to the skin, but we also obviously need it in the muscles as well. So again, the heart's going to work overtime trying to do two things at once in combination with already becoming dehydrated, you're going to see a very, very high heart rate. Um, so that was a common complaint, that people saw their heart rate very, very high and they were concerned. Um, that's just the way it is in, in humid environments. It's always going to be higher, so you just need to manage that with hydration. Um, and and I, I normally recommend people to work off perceived exertion um, in a humid environment because if your threshold heart rate's 170, I guarantee you you're holding 180 and it feels like 165. So um, that's just the way it is. In terms of, um, I had another person come in and, and, and men mentioned that they were cramping after about 30K. So again, to do with dehydration, we cramp because we have it. Well, there's a few reasons why we cramp. It's still a bit of um, it's still a bit of a phenomenon, really, in terms of why we cramp. But one one realistic reason that we cramp is because we have an imbalance of our sodium um, and potassium, so our electrolytes. So that just comes down to, to hydration. We need to get fluid in, but we also have to make sure we're getting the right amount of electrolytes in through things like um, sports drinks uh, and um, Endura, those those, high, those those drinks high in sodium and potassium. So, as a summary for today, I sort of just wanted to jump on and explain why humidity causes fatigue. And the reason it does is because um, we can't effectively sweat. That sweat won't evaporate. We just get wet. You, just, you, you notice when you when you're going for a run on a hot day, or, sorry, on a humid day, um, you're just drenched in sweat but it doesn't evaporate so we're not effectively cooling we can't use that evaporative cooling in which we lose 70 to 90 percent of our heat load so that's a big big negative um, as a result we dehydrate therefore our heart rate goes up to try to maintain the same blood flow per minute 
and we may start to cramp as well because we have an imbalance of our sodium and potassium. Uh, in terms of ways to combat that, one is acclimatization, so try to get over to the environment at least, at least two to two and a half weeks before the event and train in that environment, but that can only do so much short term. Uh, and the other one is just to to really be creative with ways to cool the body down. Uh, make sure you're getting plenty of fluid in, so you definitely need to probably double the amount of fluid you're taking in on a very humid day. Uh, and, and take advantage of, if we know we can't evaporatively cool, then we need to use other mechanisms to cool ourselves down. So let's think back to um, the convection and conduction. What can we do? How can we transfer heat out of the body without sweating? Well, we need to get something cooler on the body. So maybe we're pouring water on our heads. Maybe we can get access to an ice vest or put some ice cubes down our tops or, or whatever it is. But some other way to, to try to effectively cool the body because we know that our evaporative cooling, our sweating isn't going to work. Hope that was useful, guys. I'll speak to you again soon.